This morning's scripture reading comes from Psalms 122, verses 1 through 9. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is clearly compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. According to the statutes given to Israel, there the thrones of judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord of our God, I will seek your prosperity. As always, I appreciate the song leaders and their care and determination that they have in selecting songs that they believe would go along with the lesson. <clears throat> I have a challenge for them at times when they just look at my title trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to do with it. Uh, but they've always done very well in selecting the songs. Particularly this morning, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I found it so. I found it so. Have we really? Have we really found the yoke of the Lord to be light? That is a joy, that is a privilege, that is an honor. The highest acclaim that we could ever give is to spend time in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising our God above. There's been a lot of discussion at times as to why David particularly may have said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up into the house of the Lord. Various reasons and may have been involved in that. But the fact is, going up to worship God, going up to that holy city, keeping the commandment of the Lord. And do we find... In this section of Psalms, Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, songs of ascent, songs of praise, lifting up and voicing our praise unto God for what he's done unto us. These were sung by the pilgrims as they made their way to Jerusalem to observe the mandatory feast of, of the Lord. But again, you think of them as they travel from a great distance to find that joy in going up to the house of the Lord to be able to praise Him, 
You think about the great distance that many of them had to travel as they made that trip to Jerusalem for the three feasts each year. The sacrifice that was on their, ha- on their behalf just to make that trip and to be there in order to praise God, to give thanks for what he's done for them and the life that they lived. This particular psalm talks about the place of worship being Jerusalem. It talks about the purpose of worship, worship to the Lord. And it talks about the power of worship, that it brings gladness into the hearts of the worshipers. David was glad. It has a meaning that it caused him to rejoice to go up into the house of the Lord. As you read through the Psalms, you'll find many times where they talk about the rejoicing for what God has done for them. You go back to Psalm 5, and in verse 11. Well, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them that those who also love your name be joyful in you. We're reminded again of God's love, his care, his protection. And we're also reminded that it's not always in the ways that we may wish it to be. He does defend us, but it may not be in the way that we would like it. Our Having him defend us is the defeating of the enemy. Ours defending us is for him to protect us from any ill that may come our way. But that is true in the spiritual sense, but not necessarily in the physical sense. Go over to Psalm 40. In verse 16. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, that such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Those who love salvation, let us continually say, let the Lord be magnified. Praise and honor him, the opportunities, the reason why we come together on the first day of each week to praise him. Then over in Psalm 86 and in verse 4. Verse 3 says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. What's the purpose? What was the purpose for the Jews gathering together in Jerusalem at the temple on those three occasions each year? But to praise God 
to offer up gratitude and thanksgiving for the blessings that he had bestowed upon them year by year and day by day. Again, at this time, as well as the times that would follow, that may not always seem to have been a highlight, if you will, of their, of their lives, or it could have been, but their lives were not always freedom as we would view it in this life. Oftentimes they were under oppression. Oftentimes they were under famine. But that idea of being able to see God in a light where He watches over us, regardless of how we view what's going on in our life, He's there. And the privilege that we have upon the first day of every week is that our thought as well? I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Do we see it as a joy, as a privilege, as an honor? To see this gathering together on the first day of the week as an opportunity to praise God for indeed what he's done for us. David talks about going up to hear the precepts that God has, the testimony of Israel, to see what it is that God had asked of them. And like them, we may not always do it in a way that God would want it to be. Sometimes they may have done it out of obligation as opposed to doing it out of gratitude and thanksgiving. I go because I'm commanded to go. That our thoughts at times in considering the worshiping of God together, I go because I'm commanded to go? Or is it a privilege? Is it an honor to be able to gather together and to worship God? To hear His Word proclaimed unto us. To be willing to do the things that would be pleasing in His sight. They went to hear God's Word and they went to praise God for His blessings that He had bestowed upon them. Give thanks unto the name of the Lord. Not just on the first day of the week. It's a characteristic of our life. Giving thanks to the Lord for what He's done. But is it not a joy to be able to gather together with those of like precious faith and to lift our voices together in praise to God? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I found it so. I found it so. We're encouraging one another in the singing of our songs, are we not? As you sing it, has, does it sink down and is that what you really, really, really mean? That you found the yoke of the Lord to be light. 
and for it to be easy. Because you turn the life over to God. You're letting Him be the guiding influence. And ours is the following of His will and doing the things that are pleasing in His sight. Not only was there a purpose for going there, it's also for the people who gather there. I was glad when they said, let us, plural, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Let us go to worship God above. It was a time when they could come together on common ground for a common purpose. I'm sure they had them as well as we have them today, the petty disputes the family disagreements are put aside so that they could worship the Lord together. We come from different backgrounds. We have different families. We have different points of views. We have, even at times, different ways of looking at scriptures. And yet we have this command what the Hebrew writer talks about in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. For us to consider how to provoke one another to love and good works. Consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That encouraging one another Stimulating one another, considering how we can do that so that we can worship God together. This is the time when we are united in what we're striving to do. If our hearts and our minds are where God would want them to be, To do this in a way that God prescribes, there are some things that there are some characteristics that must be true in our lives. We're going to worship together in harmony. We're going to worship together in praise to God for His salvation, the forgiveness of our sins through that blood that He shed on that cross. We're going to have to learn to, to practice love. Biblical love, as defined for us in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Defined for us in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Loving one another. We're going to worship God together in a way that honors Him, in a way that glorifies His name, we're going to have to demonstrate forgiveness. Defined for us or described for us in Ephesians 4, verse 32. Forgive one another. 
even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. Forgive one another, just as God forgave you, for Christ's sake. Christ died that we might live. Christ died that we might be united together in praise of his name. We're going to worship God together and praise his name. We must learn to live with tolerance towards one another. Romans 15, 1 and 2 talks about it. Being tolerant of each other. Being considerate of one another. Forbearing with each other. And doing his will. Then we must be willing to offer restoration as well. To restore those who have once stood with us and then for one reason or another have fallen away. We must learn Christ first, others second, and ourselves last. To put away the petty differences and come together with that desire of worshiping God, as he says. People united by family. The tribes of Israel go up together. We are family. We need to see each other as family. To spend that time together. Of how precious it is when saints gather together to praise the one Father. To realize what it is that brings us together. That sacrifice of Jesus. Of how supreme it should reign in our lives and in our hearts. That whatever the petty differences are, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of our souls, to be willing to lay those things aside. And we come together to worship and to glorify God. Four times in this psalm of David, he mentions the word Lord. He was at the heart of all that they did, and he's to be at the heart of all that we do. All that we live and all that we do, the Lord is to be the center of a life that we live. All evolves around him. It's not an aspect of our life that is ours alone. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in the physical life that is yours. He indeed is the centerpiece of all that we do. When we walk out these doors, he's still the centerpiece. Wherever it is that we go in this world, whatever it is that we do in this world, He is to be the centerpiece. For this is a time when we gather together to remember indeed how precious the Lord is. This term Lord again identifies God as that eternal, 
self-existent one. To remind us that he has no beginning and he has no end. Concept hard to, to grasp, if you will. Because we're time-oriented. And it's hard for us to conceive of no time. And it's, fully, and it's hard to fully grasp the love that God had. We take what he's provided for us so commonly that oftentimes we do not even reflect upon what we have. He created a universe for us. It displays his handiwork. It shows the glory of God, but he designed it for us. As he made it, you look at what he's created for us in the physical realm. Then you look at what he's provided for us in the spiritual realm. Salvation. To those who are so unworthy of that blood that Jesus shed, but that he freely gave. You think about what he's provided for us and that privilege that is ours to, to be of one mind, to be like-minded. Think what it's like to, to be able to, to cherish the, the friendship the family concept. To be able to know that there are those that we can lay our burdens upon even as we petition God with them. And to know that there's always someone there who has that welcome hand, that shoulder to cry upon, that word of comfort, that word of hope, that reminded to us in those dark hours that we have family and that we have a spiritual, heavenly family as well. A loving father, a brother where Jesus is not ashamed to be called, to call us his brethren. The Spirit to help us in our times of need through the sword of the Spirit, which is His, which is the Word of God. The concern of that heavenly host that Peter described that the angels longed to look into. What was God doing? What was God thinking when He planned a universe? When He planned humanity? And whether they could see it at the time or not, I do not know. But to, to, to think again, what was God thinking when he created all of this in us? And then to see our response, humanity's response, the rejection, the ridicule, a lack of commitment. I'll go through the motions. But am I doing these motions out of a deep-seated love 
for what he's done for me. God told Moses, I am that I am has sent you. The fact that God again would care so much not only for the people in whole but for people in specific that he would talk to them. Remind them as to who he is and what he can do. And what he's asked of us, but how many times are we like Moses when called to serve the Lord? Oh Lord, don't use me. You don't know what type of person I am. I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm slow of tongue. I'm not me. And we forget again when the Lord had to remind Moses, Moses, who made your mouth? Who gave you a tongue? Why are you doubting what God is able to do with what he's created? You can't do that, God. I'm not the one. And how many times do we do that? But again, when we gather together as we have this morning to worship God, do we think about again what it is that God has asked of us and what it is that God is able to do for us? He is a God who makes a covenant with his people and he never breaks the faith that he has in his people. He is a God who keeps every promise that he makes. We may not at times see them, but he keeps every promise that he makes. His name identifies him as God who is worthy of all our praise and worship. And then the final analysis, he is why we're here this morning, is he not? We're here because of God. There are many other choices we could have made. But knowing you, there's not. There's one choice we've made. To be in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising God. If you came here for any other reason than that, you came for the wrong reason. If you came here to see anyone other than the worshiping of God, the reason you came is to see someone. You're here for the wrong reason. I know it's hard to believe, but if you came to see me, you came for the wrong reason. You came to do your thing because that's what you've always done. You came for the wrong reason. But if you came to worship because you love God, you're here for the right reason. It's what we're here for. You came because he saved you and he's blessed you and you want to thank him for it. 
you're here for the right reason. I don't know what your reason is for coming, but mine would be, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a low light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. That's the reason for being here. When you look at Psalm 122 and consider the reasons why David was glad when they said to him, let us go up to the house of the Lord together. Does that echo in your heart? This is a good opportunity to examine how we feel about going to worship in the house of the Lord. To examine how we feel about worshiping the Lord and how we feel about the family of God. Has he touched you? Has he touched your heart? Then you need to be doing what he says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like unto it. To love your neighbor as yourself. Where are you in that scripture? Is there a need to make a change in your life? Only a step. How many times we come up just short? How many times have we quit just before the answer is given? How many times do we doubt God when he's about to give the greatest blessings that we can receive? Where's your life in the, in the light of the word of God? Maybe that you're not yet a child of God and you need to do that. Maybe that you are a child of God, but then you have begun to listen to the world, begun to let, listen to Satan. It's not that important. You can do it later, whatever reason that he's, or excuses he puts there. Maybe we need to renew that life to God once again. But if you have a need, making a life right with God, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.